This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code FOOTBALL and get your first deposit instantly matched up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com or download the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast, where, of course, I, together with three very special guests, will be talking about Tottenham's fantastic win here in Marseille. Marseille won, Spurs 2, Pierre-Emile with a 95th minute winner. Spurs are Group D winners. We are through to the last 16 of the Champions League. Now, let me introduce my three very special guests this evening. We've got actor Ricky Norwood back with us. Rick, how are you? Oh my gosh, mate. I am exhausted. I've had heart palpitations. I've had the missus check me pulse. I'm telling you, bruv, I've been all over the place. I've been up, down, left, right, on the floor, up in the ceiling, bruv. I'm telling you. I've had to have a couple of brandies at, uh, at 60 minutes uh, uh, because I didn't know what was going on then. But then somehow, some way, some form, we, 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 we won the game. We score a last-minute winner, Heuberg with a stunner, and, and we're top of the group. I mean, bloody hell, Tottenham. What are you doing to me, bruv? Do you know, I've got enough grey hairs as it is. Come on, man. Like, come on. Seriously. But I'm just, uh, I'm buzzing that we're through, bruv. I, I like the second half Tottenham. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure about the first half Tottenham, but I like the second half oh. Tottenham. We've also got channel regular Josh... Uh, Calvin back with us. Josh, how are you? Oh, as we were just saying, I'm so stressed. That was that was that was absolute carnage. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled. We're through three to around sixteen, and like you said, that second half performance and getting a pretty much last minute winner. What a fantastic uh, couple of couple of like last minutes from Tottenham. But yeah, a first half to forget. I'm sure we'll talk about that. I'm also delighted to bring back Ollie Gamp. Um, of course, uh, Daily Mail journalist. Um, Ollie, how are you? 
I'm good. I'm like I'm like all of you. I'm very stressed. Make some motions. I think my neighbours hate me. Um, <laughs> I was screaming the house down. You, you know when you do that mad sprint down your corridor. Um, that was me. So I was doing a bit of that. Um, my girl, yeah, my girlfriend was a bit like, mm. um, but <laughs> she was like, "What's happening? Why are you screaming?" She doesn't understand. No one understands. But yeah, it's like yeah, all over the place. It's fair to say, Ollie, isn't it, that as a Spurs fan, I know I know a lot of fans go through lots of different emotions, but it just seems that we, as Tottenham fans, go through a lot more emotions than others. We do, and we and the reason is because of the way we play. We're defending most of the time, and then suddenly we're on the attack and we score in the last minute, and we leave it so late all the time. So it's kind of Conte's kind of perfect for us because we don't do it easy, and Conte doesn't do it easy. So yeah, perfect. Well, I've got to say, um, I'm glad that I made it into the stadium and I'm glad that I made it out. I'm back at the hotel, so I'm all safe and sound. The amount of messages I've had today saying, Chris, please keep safe. Um, I tell you, going into that stadium um, was very hostile. Um, I didn't like it at all. Um, I wouldn't rush back to Marseille, uh, the place or even the football stadium. Certainly not. Um, but coming out of that stadium, because I was saying it off air um, to Ricky, Ollie and uh, Josh, that... Um, the Marseille fans in the last couple of days have been super confident. They thought they were going to win this game, no problem whatsoever. They were super confident. Uh, They've been full of it. And coming out of the stadium, the short walk to my hotel, um, there was absolutely nothing. Um, you know, they are absolutely gutted. The amount of chances they had in the game today to win the game uh, was incredible, but they missed them. Um, Ricky, let's start with you. Get, let's, get, let's get your thoughts on today's game. Mate, an absolute mental game. It was just an absolute mental game. I mean, we started that first half and it was like we was playing with 10 men. And then when when Sonny went off, and poor Sonny, I hope he's all right, by the way, because on yeah. slow-mo, it, it, it was a shoulder, but it it looked more like a punch to the face. Do you know what I mean? So let's let's find out. Let's, let's hope everything's okay and it's just an yeah. ice pack rather than, you know, a fracture or anything like that. But, like, when Sonny went off, it just felt like we was down to nine men. And then we were just camped in on that edge of our half for that first half. And it was just... I, I had to remind myself for 30 minutes that there were 11 men on the field, but we just couldn't get hold of it. We couldn't get anything going. We couldn't get any passes going. And, you know, I was just watching um, a little bit of the BT Sport analysis just before we came on. And, like, they, they were talking about maybe that that was the tactic. But... Longley came out and said that they were a bit unsure when to attack and when to defend. Now, that's taken out of context. I've just heard it. It was a bit of broken English, broken French. So forgive me if it's not, you know, 100% accurate. But he was saying basically along those those lines. And you could see that. And, you know, the, the system really doesn't work. Like the boys were saying on BT, if those wing-backs ain't high because there is just no out ball, there ain't no way to play and it, it, I was I was sitting there depressed in my chair, mate, because I I just couldn't believe that we was gonna go out like this. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if we go out, let's go out on our shield. Let's let's throw everything at it. Let's let's play the way that we know we we can play. And, uh, and me and every single single Spurs fan hasn't got a clue why we've got to go one nil down or be on the back foot before we decide to start playing football. Let's start playing football. If if we we play this way, right? And we try and soak up pressure. And then once we concede a goal, the shackles are off. If You might as well start that way. Do you know what I mean? Because if we concede, because we've got too many men pushed up forward, well, we have the reaction anyway. So I don't understand why we don't play like that. But 
Oh, mate. I mean, I know we speak about the second half, but mate, I'm just, you know, I'm exhausted. The boys look tired as well, to be, to be fair to them. And um, it, it was just one of those games. It was one of those, it was a crazy, terrible Tottenham game. And now it's become a magical, beautiful Tottenham game. One that will live in the memory for a long time, a bit like Ajax, you know. So it was just crazy, mate. Crazy. I was absolutely exhausted. I predicted 2-1, actually. Just, 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 just saying, just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love, I love that saying though, Rick. Oh mate, oh mate, I tell you that that is like being a, a Tottenham fan right now. Oh yeah. mate, Josh, Josh, let's come to you. Let's get your thoughts on today's game. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Ricky. I thought, oh, it's just, it's just so such an emotional roller coaster being a Tottenham fan. Like so you've got the ups and the downs, and you've got last minute disallowed goals last week, and then we score in the last minute today and win the game. It's like. You just never know what you're going to get hit with. You, oh, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's absolute carnage. Honestly, I, it, it, like someone said, it gives you a heart attack. Daniel Levy's going to have to start sending some yep. defibs because he, he's going to make <laughs> loads of money in the new stadium. Oh, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I'm still thinking about it now. I'm a bit shocked, to be honest. I, you, you have to kind of process it, don't you, as a Tottenham fan? You never know what you're going to get. I, I really didn't expect that at all, to be quite honest, in the last couple of minutes. I mean, that Kalasanach header... Yeah, uh, that he had. I thought, oh no, will these ex-Arsenal players something something's going to happen? I was thinking bad thoughts, but that that was sweet, wasn't it? Absolutely sweet, and and it's justice for Hoiberg um, because he obviously hit crossbar. And I, oh, I just thought <laughs> when you miss those chances, you always think that's going to come back to haunt you, uh, and you miss a big chance like that. But what a sweet finish! Honestly, that was an absolute screamer from Hoiberg in off the post. Beautiful goal. And uh, oh, I'm so glad that we, we not only got three points, but we, we're top of the group, which gives us a better <laughs> chance, as they said, a better chance in the, in the round of 16. And uh, obviously, we'll, we'll find out who we get. I think it's next week, the draw. So it'll be really interesting to see who we get. George, what, what is it about Spurs in, in these first half uh, performances? What, what is it about Tottenham? It's, it's just like we don't turn up. It's, it's it's weird, isn't it? It's just odd. It's like it's we talk about character and we keep getting these last minute goals. And I think Rio Ferdinand mentioned on BT Sport that we're the we're, we've got the most points from from losing positions in the league and Europe. I mean, we keep winning these games in the last minutes and and getting these results, which shows character. But it's strange, isn't it, that we're we're going out on the on the field on the pitch and we're just not turning up for forty five minutes. I just find it really odd. It's it's a really strange concept to get my head around. But at the end of the day in football, all that matters is getting a result. And I, at the end of it, we've got to go through it. I mean, we what I used to, what I've said to Dad as well is like under Pochettino, we we play fantastically for ninety minutes, but we wouldn't win three points. We'd get done by by a side like Conte. We'd win in the last minute or or do us tactically. At the end of the day, all that matters is results, and we just have to get through it. We just have to sit through it as fans because it may not it may not be pretty, but all that matters is the results, and all that matters is that we're through. Ollie, let's come to you to get your thoughts on today's game because um, it's fair to say you you didn't expect the win today, did you? I did not. No, and I'm going to have a few um, laughs in, in the newsroom tomorrow <laughs> saying, "What do you think tonight?" Then you go through, and I was like, "No, nah, we're going out." And they were like, really? But you only need a point. And I was like, I know, we're going out. Um, but really, I was just projecting it into the atmosphere so that we would win, as you all know. So that was, <laughs> I was just, you know, you, you say you're going to win, you lose. You say you're going to lose, you win. Here we are. 
and <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a bit of a, a roller coaster of emotions. Um, I did have it on my laptop, and then I was watching Lovers Blind um, on the start, <laughs> and I was more interested in Lovers Blind first half, and then second half, I don't know what happened in Lovers Blind. <laughs> that's what happened, right? <laughs> honestly, but wow. first half just non-existent. Every time I look, honestly, every time I looked to the screen, Marseille were on the attack, and we were just like jockeying back. You know, defending, and I was like, "Can we have a chance, or are we just going to sit back?" And we just sat back the whole half, um, and it was just atrocious. And then as soon as the goal went in, you're like, "Great, sun goes off." You think, "Here we go." And then the second half, I think th- they were just a team of imposters. Like it was just a different team. I don't know what happened, but it was just mm-hmm. a different team showed up. I don't know what was said at half time. Did Conte just scurry down the stairs and give the hairdryer treatment? I don't know. He wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to speak to them, was he? He wasn't. No. Wasn't but he, he did something that they did something when they, they, they know that. I don't know what they did, but the intensity was just completely different. And um, we actually tried, we won second balls. We played, we created chances. We were on the front foot, we were whipping crosses in. And it was just, oh, why can't we do that the whole 90 minutes? I don't understand. Um, but it's a 90 minute game. As long as you get it done, that's all that matters. So happy days. Ollie, how would you describe Tottenham's season so far? Because, of course, we've just finished as Group uh, D winners in the Champions League, sitting in third in the Premier League. Are you happy as a Spurs fan? Yes, but it's a very weird concept, isn't it? Because mm. if you ask somebody who isn't a Spurs fan, like, how do you think the season's gone for Spurs? They think, oh, it's terrible, because every time we look at the headlines in the papers and on the websites, it's just it's really bad news. But as you say, we're third in the league, we're top of our group. If you'd offered that, if I'd offered that to you before the season, you'd bite my hand off, wouldn't you? So I think it's it's all good, but the road to get here has been very painful. And we've had to endure, like, you know, we all could have done with a result in the North London derby. We could have got a result against United if we had turned up. So I think these things kind of make a difference. But we are here and we've got here, however we've got here, however, you know, painful. And, you know, we've just sat back, sat back and been defensive. We've got results, but... It's not really the Tottenham way, but if we end the season in the top four and with a trophy, I think no one is going to be disappointed. Ricky, it is certainly exciting, isn't it? Spurs in the last 16 of the Champions League. I mean, do you know what, bro? It is super exciting. And and I know that there were opposition fans tonight watching that game, hoping and praying that Tottenham were going to get knocked out. You know, that... The, the, the Gooners that, that play on another day, I don't even know what day they play on. Do you know what I mean? But I know it's another day. I think I think it might be like Thursday, Friday or something. I don't know. But I know they would have been like hoping and praying that one of their ex-Gooner comrades would, would have scored the winner. And, 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 you know, they had the opportunities. Like Josh said there, the, 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 the header from, I can't say his name. Um, say say yeah. Josh. It's like Kalasinac, wasn't it? Kalasinac. That one, right? So there, there, there was that opportunity. I mean, Sanchez had an opportunity. You know, uh, that Nuno Tavares was tearing up and up and down the, mm. the, the, the wing in the, in, the, in the first half. So I know that they were all kind of hoping and praying that we was going to get knocked out tonight. And, you know, the, a couple of the West Ham fans, I, I assume that if they were watching tonight, they were hoping that Payet was going to come on mm. and, score, and score a banger. Do you know what I mean? Whether that be a free kick or a, or a shot from outside the box, which, you know, I mean, it, it happens, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? If Anthony Costa was on this bloody world show, he would have said, he, he would have probably predicted a Pirate winner or something like that. So, 
Yeah, bro. I mean, <clears throat> it is super exciting to just kind of make sure that we have put all that rubbish to bed this week. Like, we ain't got to deal with none of that online or anywhere else, in the office, on the train station. We don't have to deal with none of that palaver from any any opposition fans, and we're through. Do you know what I mean? We're into the knockouts come next next year and um after a january transfer window as well it could be super mm. exciting it could be super exciting so i'm just so thankful and and thank you tottenham for <laughs> for making it through and for bloody well getting there by hook or by crook i don't know how we done it tonight but we done it and 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 let's keep it going there's there's plenty more to build on here there's plenty more you know we haven't even kicked into gear yet you know what i mean and we all know mm. that so, um, yeah, there's plenty more exciting times to come. I feel in my heart. So, come on, you Spurs. Josh, it is absolutely fantastic, isn't it, that we're going to hear that Champions League music again at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this season? Yeah, it's brilliant. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. I'm looking forward to who we get. It'll be interesting to see who we get, as I said. Um, it's going to be a challenge. I think the teams that are there, look, it's going to be a real challenge. But then the Europa League looks like a challenge as well for all the teams that are play on a Thursday night as Ricky we said. We don't need to worry about that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, I'm, re I'm really happy, honestly. And as, as you said, Ricky, I think it's actually really important to highlight that this is after the, tr the January transfer window. And just being in the Champions League, getting in the round of 16, is probably going to boost our chances of signing some players in January who are going to want to play Champions League football. Us dropping into the Europa League tonight, if we didn't get a, get a point or even win the game tonight, maybe our chances for some players that... Uh, Paratici has got his eyes on and Conte have got, has got his eyes on. Maybe those chances might have slipped away, but I think we, we, we're in the game. And uh, it's, a, it's a massive, massive uh, advantage to Tottenham. I think we're, we're it's a really good thing that we got through tonight. As you said, not just for the fans, but for the club as a whole. And uh, we've just got to keep moving forward, keep getting these results. And I think we haven't even, like you said, we haven't even really kicked into gear yet. I think the only way is up for us. Like you said, like we just said, uh, in the first half, we were absolutely absolute shambles. Like We can only get better. Uh, like we were playing at the end of last year, probably our best football for a long time. And I don't think we've shown that this season at all. Not even at all. Uh, like that Arsenal game. Uh, there were a couple of other games where we were just unbelievable at the end of last season. We've got no Kulisevsky. And when he comes back, he's going to make a huge impact. We look like a totally different side when he's in, he's in the team. Uh, it'll be a massive... Uh, which would be so big for him to come back. Uh, and that would be brilliant because I think, I'm not sure, are Sweden in the World Cup or not? I don't think they are. I don't think they are. No, so yeah. he'll be staying with Conte. So. No, he'll be staying with Conte, Kulisevsky, and others who aren't going to the World Cup. And they'll do the a training camp or something and they're going to be really fit and ready after this uh, this World Cup break which is going to change this Premier League season as well. It's going to be absolutely huge. And I think we're going to see a totally different uh, season. This The next half of the season is going to be totally different, I think. Oli, how far do you think that Spurs can go in this season's Champions League? Because I think Josh is right. And I've been saying this a lot um, on this podcast this season because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, we haven't really got out of first gear. Uh, we sat third in the Premier League table. We're, we've topped this group, which a lot of people expected anyway. A lot of people said it was an easy group. It turned out not to be an easy group whatsoever. Um, but how far do you think the Spurs can go in the Champions League this season? You're, you're asking this to someone who didn't think we'd get into the last 16, Chris. <laughs> well, this, this, this is why I asked you. Yeah. Um, well, 
I don't know. We're a bit of a bag of rebels. I've I've been to every home game at the, in the Champions League uh, this season, and every single game has been a shambles. Even the one we've won. So I was at Marseille. We were utter trash the whole game, and then we win it two one in the last minute, and we're all happy. And I was like, hang on a minute, like we've been rubbish, and we've kind of got away with it. And then the Frankfurt game, we started terribly as we always do, and then we go three one up, and then we nearly screw it up at the end again. So every single game we've played, even when we played well has been tinged with a kind of like, hang on a minute, this has been really really poor. So it's kind of difficult for me to say, but we, we get it done in the end, but it's difficult for me to say, are we, where are we going to get to? Because even when we got to the final in 2019, we were pretty poor in that Champions League as well, but we got there, we, we got some amazing wins, like obviously against Real Madrid, but you just never really know what you're going to get with Spurs. I think group winners, we should go at least quarterfinals. Hopefully we'll get someone who finished second, but then... There are some really good teams like, you know, Porto. I don't know where Porto first or second. They, they've they done really well. Napoli have done really well. So we, we end up getting Napoli, maybe. I'm not sure, actually, because Liverpool are in their group. Um, but, yeah, it's, just, it's really difficult to say. I, w- I would say at least quarters. And w- would we take that? I mean, I don't know. Part of me, I, I was watching that game thinking, oh, yeah, maybe we're in the Europa League now. And part of me was thinking, would I rather us go into the Europa League and win that than go out in the quarters? And I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know about you guys. No, nah. no, no. Nah, nah, nah. right? <laughs> rather wait. You would rather go out in the quarters than win the trophy. No, I, I think I, you know you never know what can happen. And uh, as as Josh rightly mentioned, and, and I think Ricky said it as well about the January transfer window. If if we have a good couple of transfers um, in that window, who knows what can happen. Um, I don't think many fans expected us to go to the final um, under Pochettino, and we did. Um, exactly. It was just so unlucky that we exactly. didn't um, yeah. go over that line. Um, Roy Price writes here, um, the players yet again gave everything in the second half. I could see many of our players didn't want to lose, and that is a testament to Antonio Conte. Um, Ollie, do you feel proud that Spurs come back in these games like they did today, like they did at Bournemouth, or does it frustrate you about these first-half performances? Yeah, the, the first half is is always a frustration because we're, we're fans who pay our money to watch games and we invest our time and energy watching games even at home. And when you sit there watching 45 minutes of, of rubbish, you're thinking, why, why am I bothering watching this? I mean, the United game, I was just like, this is why am I wasting time watching this? We're not, we don't create, we don't, we don't offer anything. Um, we get there in the end, and that is testament to the character of the team. And obviously, a team that doesn't fight for Conte isn't going to get any kind of result at all. So the fact that we get there in the end is is part of what Conte is building that we never give up, and we do keep fighting. Most of the time, we keep fighting. Um, but no, it, you can't hide the fact that it's frustration. And all you have to do is go on Spurs Twitter, and you'll see everyone moaning. Um, and it's not always fun to watch Spurs. I mean, it's not. It's never, it's never really fun to watch Spurs, is it? Apart from when we get these moments at the end when we're all delirious. So it's, it's worth it. But is the frustration worth it? I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't know. Is it? Do we conserve our energy for 45 minutes and then just go hell for leather in the second? I, I don't see that really happening. I think we're just kind of conservative and we're, we're sitting deep and then attacking when we get our moments. But no, I think I think something has to be done because... Last season, I don't remember us sitting back this much. I remember us being a lot more attacking and kind of putting teams to the sword a bit more. So I don't really know what's going on. But but no, I think you, you definitely have to praise the character of the team because we get there in the end and we are where we are on the table. We are in the Champions League still. So you can't really say much at this point. Let me just say, there's nearly... yeah, go on, Rick. 
Chris, can I jump in on that for one second? Yeah, of course, yeah. You know what, I think, just as you were speaking there, Ollie, <clears throat> you were talking about last season and this season, and I think the biggest difference between last season and this season is that we were playing one game every five days, one game a week. And, right. you know, when, when Conte had that time on a training field and when, when they could implement tactics to the, you know, the last detail, when they could actually kind of recover off, off of the injuries that we've, we'd picked up, the little niggles here and there that we've picked up, um, and, and then kind of give everything on, on the weekends, you know, we saw a different Tottenham side. And I think that maybe this is the only thing that comes to mind, just as you were speaking there, the, the, it may, maybe it is that they are tired, that they are on a bit on the edge where they're kind of like, like you just said there, conserving energy. And then w w w when there's nothing to lose, they're like, right, well, let's just give it all. I don't know whether that's what it is. I hope not. But, you know, some of the boys have looked tired. Do you know what I mean? And it, 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 some of them have been running to the ground. And, and, and yes, they've, they've, they've had a preseason with Conte, but this relentlessness of every three days, you know, if they've only got two days to recover, uh, well, yeah, you know, a game every three days with two days to recover, light training and probably tactical work in the video room, it's not enough you know what I mean? Like for, for Conte to implement what he really wants to implement, which is like hard graph of, and on the training field and to implement whatever tactic and whatever plan that is for the, you know, the, the, whoever we're facing that, that in that particular game. So I think that that's the only difference that I can think of there, whereas he's had that time to kind of do what he needs to do. But right now they're so quick paced, so fast that, you know, the, the, these, these, games every three days what was it i think it's 13 in this block before the before the world uh world cup break so i don't know what number we're at right now but you can see it's taking a toll and um i you know maybe that's part of it but and maybe that's where he, he can't rotate as much as he wants to because he can't trust those 100 percent that are coming in so maybe that's where the dilemmas are coming from sorry ollie <laughs> <laughs> 100% agree. I think that, that we do look knackered, honestly. Every week they look like the fitness hasn't quite settled in. Even though we had that huge preseason, the fitness just isn't there, I don't think. And then the, the World Cup is probably going to make it worse. Do, do you know what? Um, I, I feel knackered myself. I, I'm just a fan going to the matches every three days. Mm. So I, I feel extremely tired doing that, you know, you know, let alone playing all of these matches. So I, I feel for the players, but um, I think that we are we are in a very good position in the Premier League uh, table, um, and of course, um, Champions League now through to the last sixteen. Um, you know, who knows what can happen if we do get out of first gear? Um, you know, Conte could be successful this season, um, i.e., top four and perhaps a trophy, um, as I keep mentioning. Um, now, before before we talk about the starting eleven, um, we've got nearly eleven hundred people. Um, watching live at the moment. So if you don't subscribe to the channel as yet, please do hit that subscribe button, uh, like and share. Um, Josh, let's come to you. Let's talk about the starting 11 today. Of course, Antonio Conte was sat in the stands. Um, Lloris in goal, um, the back three of Lengley, Dyer and Davis. The wing backs, Perisic and Stesnion. Um, in midfield, Benzenker and Hoybier. And then the forward three of Lucas, Son and Kane. The subs this evening, Forster, Royale, Spence, Doherty, Sanchez, Tanganga, Skip, White, Basuma, Saar and Brian Hill. Um, any surprises there for you, um, particularly the wing-back, Sessegnon and Perisic this evening? 
Well, I thought I thought Perisic in the game. I thought he probably played his best game for us this this season so far. I thought it was pretty good tonight, um, and I'm glad he started. He's got a lot of experience, obviously, and I thought he brought that experience to the game tonight. Um, Sessegnon, oh, I don't think he had a great game personally today. Um, so I wasn't I was I wasn't too surprised by those wing backs. It's a shame that he didn't play Doherty or even start Emerson, because I thought, although Emerson gets a lot of stick from the fans, I thought when he came on, he was actually played a blinder today. He completely actually changed the game, which is a crazy saying. It's, I sound like a right mug saying it. Because when he came on... I wouldn't on, go that far. I, 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 <laughs> I shook my head. I know you're happy, but come on. Don't yeah. over-exaggerate. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was, I was a bit, I was a bit shocked because that, that was a stunning performance. Actually, let's just say how it is. I thought he played really well, Emerson Royale, and hopefully, look, we need a right back who can actually play properly. Um, and he, and he did, he did his job today, which was, which was decent. Um, but yeah, we'll move forward on from that. But I thought, the, the, honestly, the, the best player on the pitch today in that lineup was Benton Kerr, and he's consistently the best player as well. Every single okay. week, I think someone else they they paid for a super chat earlier, and they said. Um, about dying on the pitch, like their players showing that they don't want to lose for Conte. And I think the the player who actually characterises that is Rodrigo Benzenker. He was running around like, literally, I can't say it on the stream, but <laughs> he was running around like a crazy man. Um, yeah. Just chasing the ball, pressing. And he, he showed it more than any other player. He was going out of his position, running, pressing the goalkeeper more than Harry Kane was. He was just kind of stumbling around. Um, I was I was so impressed with him and I've been so impressed with him in the recent, in every single game. In, in every single game, he showed his quality. He obviously won us the game against Bournemouth. Um, and he's, he's, just, he's just so good with his feet. He, he puts in 110% every single game. And if you talk about lineups and stuff, he's got to be the first man on the on the starting lineup every single week because he's just fantastic. He's got shade, he's got shades of Moussa Dembele in him, and he's he's just such a, a brilliant player. And I'm glad I've got him on the back of my shirt. Uh, not that I'm not wearing right now, but the ones that I usually go to the games in. But yeah, he's been, I'd say he's, he's been our player of the season so far. What a player! But what do you think of him, Chris? Are you, are you happy with Benton Kerr? I think him and Pierre Mujoybier in the last month have been our best players. I think I've been very, very impressed with uh, the pair of them. Um, of course, I think on Saturday as well against Bournemouth, we really missed him. And uh, of course, he got he, he done the business uh, for us and, and got the winning goal. Um, Ollie, let's, let's come to you. Roy Price writes here, uh, we don't have the personnel to play how Conte wants as yet. This is the start of the rebuild and we need time. Um, now, when you look at the starting eleven today, uh, with Benton Kerr and Hoybier in the form they're in, and the forward three, um, Son, Kane, and you know when Richarlison comes back or Kulusevski comes back, uh, you wouldn't really want to change any of those. Um, surely, um, and we're going to talk about the wing-backs yet again, surely this is an area that Antonio Conte will want to improve in the January window or indeed the summer window. Yeah, absolutely, and I and I was agreeing with with Josh about Benson Curry. He's been absolutely phenomenal this season. Like his his vision, his passing, his distribution, everything about Benson Curry is just making us tick. And in the first half, I think he was the only player who was ma- making any kind of effort or stepping up the intensity. And that he makes with with Hoiberg is incredible. I think they've got a great partnership. There is still something missing. I think they need a guy in front of them. I would love to see. I wanted Ericsson to come back this summer. But a player to sit in front of them, maybe we could play three, three, one, four, two, or three, 
three, whatever the formation is, where you got a cam and then the two strikers. Um, I think that would be perfect for us. I think maybe we're just missing these two creative players who sit deep and then one guy in front who just links that play with the attack. Um, so I think an Ericsson-esque kind of player. Um, and then mm. I think 100% agree with coming what the guy's name was who popped up. Um, right. we, do, we don't know the personnel <clears throat> because the right back and the left back are not two positions you would think that is 100% nailed on. You know, Man City have got Cancelo on the left, they got Walker on the right, and they are two two of the best fullbacks around. So we don't have that. We have we have three right backs. You don't. How does that work? We got Perisic. We signed as a left back who has turned into a right back tonight, and that tells you everything you need to know. How much how much yeah. money we spent, and we still don't have a right back and a left back that we that we de- we depend on. Josh said rightly that Cesignon wasn't great tonight. I don't think he's been great all season. Really, he showed. Obviously, scored against Bournemouth on the weekend. He's shown in ifs and starts that he's been, that he's got the quality, but no one's really shown that consistency to step up and deliver quite literally. Because as a fullback and as a wingback, you need to deliver. Um, but no one seems to show that they understand that, that position well enough as Conte. You know, Conte's wingbacks are like his his playmakers, and if if you don't have that, if you don't have that coming through as a as a wingback, you're not. It's not going to work. So. Wing back can, and I think we're laughing. Well, Perisic is certainly racking up the uh, assists at the moment and got another one tonight. But um, on the right side, Ollie, who who is the best right wing back at Spurs? Would you say it's a difficult one? I think everybody wants um, Spence to play, and as fans, we want him to play. We haven't seen him play. Conte sees him train every week, so I think he sees something that we don't see clearly. Um, I thought Doherty was great last night. Uh, sorry, last season. Doherty was was fabulous. But this season, he has had the chance to to come in and show what he can do. And he hasn't been... No one has really grabbed it by the scruff of the neck. Um, and I, I think if you speak to any Spurs fan, they would say they hate Emerson and they want him out. And I, I, can't, I kind of... I, I look at him and I don't, I don't really see what he offers because he's not great going forward and he's not great in defence. Is that squeaking noise me? Yes. It's not me. No, I don't know. I, I keep hearing going. Eh, eh. Um, yeah, it's not me. Uh, <laughs> it's Josh. <laughs> Is it Josh? I don't know. I thought it was me. I'm on me. I'm on me. Um, so Emerson is yeah, not great going forward, not great in defence. So I don't know. Um, somehow he starts every week. But for me, it would be Doherty just because he seems like the most solid uh, wing back that we have. But I would love to see Spent have a go as well. Why do you think Spence isn't getting any game time, Ollie? Because um, Conte doesn't rate him and he didn't want him and Spurs forced mm-hmm. it on him. And I just don't... He, 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 the guy watches him in training every week and he's still third choice. And Conte has been around the block and I think he knows something we don't. Um, I'm sure Spence is great. I'm sure he's got great potential, but I kind of trust Conte if he doesn't think Spence is good enough. Um, he, he, he sees it every week and I think he knows best, but... Then again, we all think that Emerson shouldn't be playing and he's playing, so I don't know. We will come on to talk about Emerson uh, shortly. Um, now, Ricky, let's come to you. Um, in the third minute, um, across from the right, Sanchez with a header just wide. Um, in the eighth minute, uh, Son dispossessed in the uh, centre of midfield. Um, Marseille go on to shoot well wide. In the 19th minute, Sanchez shot on Lloris, comfortable save. 21st minute, another shot just wide from Marseille. It was all Marseille in that first 20 minutes, wasn't it? It was, man. They were relentless. They were all over us. 
And, you know, they had to win. And that crowd, as you can lay testament to, Chris, that crowd were, were roaring them on. They were, you know, they, they were demanding a goal or, or they were demanding the ball in the back of the net, you know. And, and the, the Marseille boys, they responded to, to that. And you could see them, like, just getting gaining more confidence. And uh, every block that we, we done or every tackle that we done, it, it didn't really, like, inspire any energy from us, but it just encouraged them to keep on attacking because they would kind of... It, they would score in the end. So, um, you know, that and, and, and that's what ended up happening. It, it, it was a crazy first half, bro, but it, it's like we didn't do ourselves any favours whatsoever. We couldn't string two passes together. We couldn't contain the ball. We couldn't do all the things that, we, you know, a Conte team can do <clears throat> defensively, you know. People talk about Conte being a defensive, uh, having a defensive side and being a, a defensive kind of coach. But, you know, I've always kind of, I don't subscribe to that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, with all of the, 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 the tactical kind of play and the training and the preseason, you would have thought they could have controlled it a bit more or known how to shift the pace or known how to kind of, you know, kind of just slow down the game a little bit and get the foot on the ball a little bit and just pass it around a bit. But Mar Marseille were all over us. They were all over us. And that, that crowd, you know, encouraged them tenfold, bro. It gave, gave them powers beyond. But, um, you know, be be before you crack on, I've got to give you a clap, bro, for your graphics. I can't believe nobody mentioned your graphics. The 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 the, the, the one to eleven was nice, but the little FIFA cards on the side there, Chris, I see you, I see you, bro. I'm, I'm, it's I'm not mine. Up in it's your game, mate. It's not my graphics. It, it was actually Marseille's graphics. I nicked it. Oh. <laughs> it's Marseille, yeah, but um, they didn't win tonight, so it didn't work for them, did it? Um, Josh, let's come to you. Um, in the 27th minute, a huge concern for Tottenham now because Hunmin Son went off injured. He seemed uh, very upset coming off the pitch. Uh, Fraser Forster went over to him to see if he was all right. He went down the tunnel. Uh, Basuma then came on. Um, do you guys have any um, up-to-date information on Hunmin Son's injury? Because, as I say, I've literally come out of the stadium, come back to my hotel to record this. Um, has, the, uh, has the TV released any information on Sonny's injury? The only, thing I've seen, the only thing I've seen is a picture from the changing room. And he was with the boys. And they were all together, like, celebrating the win. Um, and he just had a massive swollen face, a bit like when Bear Grylls uh, got stung by a bee. It looked like his whole face is swollen. I mean, that was a shocker, wasn't it? His face looked very like mashed up. When after that, after that shocking like shoulder challenge, he didn't look like Son. It was it was really quite concerning to see, and he seemed very out of it. He, could, he, he seemed like he was concussed. Like he, he was stumbling yeah. down the tunnel, and I was I was very concerned as a, as a Spurs fan. But hopefully, he can get over it before this big game at the weekend because it'll be a, a big guy. It'll be it'll be really important for us. To have him back uh, for that, um, but what's they say? Gris did the, the fireworks wake you up last night? Did you I hear them, Gris? Chris, I'm actually interested to know. Did they target your hotel? They didn't target my hotel, but um, <laughs> I tell you what, they 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 certainly did set off a lot of fireworks. Um, a lot of fireworks this evening as well. They they did wake up all of the Spurs team at three a.m. Um, but 
obviously that didn't work either. They they try a number of tactics <laughs> here. It, it's quite weird though here in Marseille because um like everybody seems to have like half a day off. And it's like uh, you know, a lot of time to sit eating lunch and drinking beer for half of the afternoon. Uh, in preparation, you know, their, their preparation for games is it, quite different to what I've seen um, in other countries. It really is. Um, Oli, let's Sounds come to good. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, your, it's your sort of place, Rick, I think. <laughs> Oli, let's come to you in the third, third minute. Marseille on the attack again, another chance. Uh, fortunately, a good save this time from Hugo Lloris. A couple of minutes later, Sessegnon to Mora to Perisic. Across the goal, no one there. That was our first real opportunity, but no one there in the box to tap home. Uh, in the 42nd minute, Marseille had a corner um, headed over the bar. And then in stoppage time, um, our first shot on target, Harry Kane uh, with a um, with a shot and um, tipped over the bar by the goalkeeper. Um, at half time, how are you feeling? Um, not good, Chris. Not good. <laughs> I don't think anyone felt good at half time. Um, you're kind of just thinking, here we go again. Um no, it, it wasn't good, but I, I don't think we gave any kind of glimmer of hope at halftime, but we ne- we never seemed to. I mean, the, I think the last five games, we've kind of been in the same position. Like, we 1-0 down against Bournemouth at halftime, the last game, and then we were 1-0 down against United. Um, who, we, who else did we play that we lost to? I just, I just, It just feels like we're constantly trailing yeah, at, the, at the break. Newcastle. Newcastle. Just constantly training. I, I was at a wedding that ruined my my friend's wedding for me <laughs> um just constantly training at the break and you just think like like we're just constantly relying on on the second half to win games and it's a 90 minute game use the whole game like it's just it's it's, it's baffling really but yeah I wasn't I wasn't feeling too great um I sent out quite a stern tweet you might have seen um but it was my honest opinion I thought I thought we were flat we were lackluster you know we weren't stringing passes together as Ricky said couldn't, couldn't string two passes together um, and every time we got the ball, we went to counter-attack like we like to see under Conte, and it just came to nothing. Um, we lost the ball. I, I saw so many clearances went straight out to their player, their first man. We couldn't even beat their first man, and then they're suddenly on the attack again. Um, and it's just like, what? Like, can't even get the clearances right. Like, the basics, the basics. Just If you're not going to attack, then at least defend. And we couldn't even do that. And then, obviously, the, the corner the corner goes in, and, and Bemba scores. Do you know what? Because if it was Sanchez, if it was Kalasanach, if it was um, who else they got Tavares, any of those guys, I would have lost my nut. Um, so and Ben, we'll, we'll take a former Newcastle defender. That's good. We'll take that all day. But um, no, it was the first half was just it was just a write off. But every first half is a write off this season, it seems. So yeah. Ricky, how were you feeling at that point? Because of course we were one nil down, Sporting were one nil up. It meant that we were third in the table. Uh, and we were going to be playing Europa League football. Um, a huge second half was needed. And then we see Emerson Royale coming on, Sessegnon going off. How did you feel about that sub? At the time? I mean, bro, it, it was uninspiring. Let me tell you that much. Like, I, didn't, I didn't think it was going to change the game at that point. You know, um, I, that first half collapsed me. It punched me in the gut. I, I, I was... I just couldn't believe that we we was going to go into this game that we called our, our cup final right now, or we, we go into this with the mentality mentality of, of a cup final and, and play like that. It was just, I just didn't see any way back. I really didn't. And 
it, it was um it was only when the commentator kind of said in the second half, um, you know, remember that Ajax game and Lucas is on the field that I was just like, oh, oh yeah, and you could see that the 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 energy that the boys got from from that second half, and I don't know whether Emerson helped that just to give it a bit of balance, but um, you know, I know we're going to get on to Emerson, but I mean, he was okay, but he didn't. He just didn't. There was times where he could have overlapped that he just stopped square, and you know there was there. He done all right. He done okay. He done good. I'm not going to say he was terrible tonight, but we clearly have a problem in that right wing back uh, position well, right there. Josh thought he was fantastic tonight, Rick. You don't agree? I I I don't think. It, I mean, I mean, you know what? On an Emerson level, maybe he was on the level of a fantastic because he's been so rocky recently, and and like Ollie was saying, it's just like. He's not look. I've backed Emerson a lot. I've tried to give him some time, and it just seems like what Ali was saying there is just that when he goes forward, he doesn't know what to do, you know. And then when he goes back, sometimes he can get beaten. Sometimes he can look like an athlete and and get in some blocks and get in some good, you know, do some good defending. But that's not what the Conte wing back is there for. The Conte wing back is an all encompassing player, somebody that can run up and down, somebody that can do all of the jobs, not just defending and assist, but striking as well and, and be there in an attacking sense. And j- just with Emerson, you, I don't, you just don't kind of get that feeling that he's going to do that. You know, he, he gets in great positions, but every time he's in those positions, nothing really... I mean, do, do you ever feel excited when he's in those positions? Or are you more kind of just hoping? Are you anxious? Every time he gets into a, a decent position, I'm kind of like, please, please. And then something happens like that no-look pass the other day. And I'm just like, oh, do me a favour, Brad, do me a favour. You know? I'm always hoping. Um, I'm always hoping. Like, yeah, when, when was it? What game was it that he run past the man, Chris? What game was that? <laughs> you, you, got it. you said he was fantastic that night for running past the man. I can't remember what game that was. I want to uh, but but I mean at that time when I saw him coming on, I just I didn't think it was an inspiring um, kind of substitution. But again, you know, I I, I could see that that it, it was probably the 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 most experienced choice at that moment, you know. Um, so but but that second half was just a whole different play. It was just so good to see them playing again. I I remember turning to my missus at that point there and <clears throat> and. Um, and, and kind of saying, you know, at least we're playing now. At, at least we're, we're trying to, to kind of play some decent football and kind of score a goal and, and, and be in this game, you know. And and, and there, there was a massive change. Oh, here, here we go. Stellini on Sun. Craig, Craig Dearman update. Do, do you want to read that, Chris? I've been drinking brandy. <laughs> yeah, Stellini has just given an update on Hunmin Son and he said we have to check on him tomorrow but Hunmin Son felt better in the changing room after the game we're not sure if it's concussion yet it was an injury to his face his eye is swollen um, hopefully he will be back well hopefully he'll be back for the Liverpool game because uh, Sonny is a key part of this uh, starting eleven in this squad um, now Josh let's come to you um, in that first half by the way Spurs had 34% possession to Marseille 66% um, now, in the 49th minute, a good chance um, across from Benton Kerr to Kane. The goalkeeper got a hand to it. And in the 54th minute, Spurs got the equaliser. Perisic with yet another assist. Lengley header. What have you made of uh, Clement Lengley in a, in a Tottenham Hotspur shirt, Josh? And what did you make of the goal? 
Well, to start, I thought the goal was superb. Uh, what a header. An absolutely fantastic set piece. And uh, I think, just to just to come off topic quickly, but our set, our, our set piece taking has been greatly improved this season. And I think that's yeah. because we, we've brought in this uh, this coach, this Italian set piece coach. I can't remember his exact name, but he's yeah, done a, a great yeah. job. That's the one. Yeah, he's done right. a great job because before we, we were really struggling with our set pieces. It looked like we didn't even have a chance. But now we, it seems to like we're actually having some really good chances on these set pieces. We obviously scored against Bournemouth as well. Uh, ben Davis scored a header as well. But I thought it was, a, it was as, as Jennifer says, what a beautiful header from Clement Longley. A lot of pace and power on that. It was, I was really impressed. But yeah, Clement Longley is a player, obviously on loan from Barcelona, shunned by the Barcelona supporters. They really didn't like him. Um, I've been fairly impressed with him. I think he's he's got some good attributes to his game. I think he's quite a versatile defender. I don't I don't think he's a world beater like Romero can be on his day, but I think he can do a decent job. I think he's in terms of like versatility and defensive quality. I think he's actually a better defender than someone like Davinson Sanchez. I think I trust him more at the back than someone like Davinson Sanchez. Just just out of quality and what I've seen on the pitch. Um, so I think we should. I, I think there was some talk of making his loan deal permanent. Maybe we should yeah. look into that. Kind of see what happens towards the end of the season. Uh, he has made a couple of gaffes, a couple of mistakes, but I've been fairly surprised. I think he's done a pretty good job. He's obviously he fits in well. He's he's played quite a lot in Europe um, and a couple of Premier League games. But from what I've seen, I've been pleasantly surprised. What do you think, though, Chris? Are you happy with him or? I'm undecided, I must say. Um, I, I'm still not sure. I still want to see more of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and like you said, um, there is rumours about you know we do have an option to buy. Um, Ollie, I was going to ask you that um, um, about Clement Langley. Do you, do you know much more on that story? Um, is is that true that we do have an option on him to buy him? And what what have you made of him in a Spurs shot? I'm not aware of the um, of the reports that we have an option to buy. Um, but it would seem, you know, if if, it, if that was the case, it wouldn't be a surprise because Levy seems to do that with a lot of the players that we get, especially from um, from overseas. Um, obviously, we did the same with Romero. We're going to do with Kukowski. <clears throat> but yeah, long I, th- I think he's been. Whenever I've seen him, he's done no wrong. Um, and as as Josh was saying, when we got when we got Longley, Barca fans were sort of like, "Good luck." Yeah, like, come on, like I don't think Conte would bring a player in who who was crap defensively. I think. He clearly trusts him. I think Long Longley. There was a point where Longley was in the Barcelona team that was smashing, that was smashing everybody, and he was he was the first team member of that squad. Um, yeah. And I think he kind of just lost his way a little bit. Um, but being being alongside someone like Larice, who he's close friends with, that's helped. But as you say, Chris, we can't really judge him yet because he doesn't play much. So I think very much jury's out. Um, but whenever I have seen him, whenever he's come into the fold, I think he's done well. Um, I think you'll have to get up the stats, but I'm pretty sure every time he's played, he's he's never disgraced himself. He's never made a glaring error, I don't think. Um, and tonight, getting that goal will give him the the confidence that he needs to push forward. So, I think I think I'd like to see him start instead of Sanchez. Mm-hmm. But obviously, when Romero comes in, I think you'd want Romero, the Dyer, and Davis as your starting three. Um, but yeah, like let's, let's give him some more chances in the cup games coming up and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see him progress. Craig provided another comment from uh, Christian Stellini. He said about Antonio Conte, about the possibility uh, to talk with Antonio. He was very tired. He lived the game in the crowd. It's not normal. Maybe he spent more energy in the stands than on the touchline. Rick, now, 
Antonio Conte would have been absolutely gutted today, wouldn't he, not to have been on the touchline because we know how much energy that guy gives every single game. And as I've joked uh, and said on this channel many, many times, I watch half the match, you know, the pitch, and I watch half the game on Antonio Conte because he is so animated. Mate, I, I, I feel sorry for the person that was sitting in front of him. Because whoever was, was getting a whole heap of spittle on the back of their head, mate, as he was cussing. And do you know what I mean? He must have been going out of his mind. We see how he is on the touchline. Can you can you imagine him sitting in the chair? Whoever was sitting next to him, I feel sorry for them as well. Because, you know, like, he, they, they, they must have been getting it. <clears throat> All of the stuff that he wanted to shout on the pitch, the person sitting next to him must have been getting it, you know? So... It, it, that must have been so tough for him to be there. But, you know, like that second half, I, 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 I think I think you can be proud of in the sense that those boys did show up. Those boys did go out there. There was a change in mentality. There was a fight. There was a comeback. You know, there, there was the Conte Tottenham Hotspur that, that we like to watch. You know, that first half, it was, it was, it was ugly. And it, and it was something that, that that would have frustrated. How did we all feel, Chris? You, I know, you know what I mean. Like, how did you feel standing there in that first half? You know, I know how we felt sitting at home watching it. We was all going. Out. I was on the, I was on the floor, bruv. I was on the floor a bit, and my hand was just like this, you know. So, how was you in the stands, Chris? In after that first half, pretty, pretty deflated, I must say, pretty deflated. But how many times this season have we seen performances like that in the first half? only to come back in the second half is exactly what's happened tonight. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, Conte being the manager, not being able to be in the dressing room or on that touchline, screaming, he, mu he must have gone mental, you know. So, let's hope he's a little bit more well-behaved and stays on the pitch a little bit. Although, although, Igor Tudor was on the pitch this evening, and I don't know whether he's going to get any... You know, there was no red card shown to him after the match. So, but but anyway, you know, we're through. And like Craig's saying here, we have earned an additional 9.6 million euros for reaching the last 16 of the Champions League, which is, again, that's another incentive of getting through and not being in the Europa League. You know, that those extra funds coming in will encourage everybody to, to kind of, put that extra money in come January for that player that they really want, that player that can actually affect this side, you know, and, and maybe we can get some of those problem areas that the boys have mentioned, whether that be another right wing back. I can't believe it's another right wing back. But we need it. We need it. Obviously, Doherty and, and uh, Emerson, they're just not up to it, you know, not consistently anyway, and not for a Conte side, not somebody that you can rely on, you know. So we're going to need that. We're going to need another cam, like the boys are saying, someone creative so um, or an attacker. So that those extra funds there are going to help and, and encourage those players to come and play for us. You know, and, and under the world-class manager, that is Antonio Conte, who will be back on the sidelines. He will be back indeed on Sunday. Um, now, Josh, let's come to you. In the 59th minute, Marseille had a shot from range just over the bar. Four minutes later, Tottenham had a good break. Uh, Benton Kerr uh, to a pass, uh, sorry, pass to Lucas Moura. Who, um, it then went to Emerson Royale. Croft, Harry Kane couldn't finish. And then two minutes later, Tottenham scored. Uh, but Harry Kane's one-on-one -on -one was uh, ruled off offside. 
Uh, three minutes later, Stellini was booked. Uh, in the 75th minute, Marseille had a shot on target from 20 yards, comfortable for Hugo Lloris. In the 81st minute, great work from Benton Kerr. Hoybier hit the bar. Very unlucky. Yeah, extremely unlucky. And that was a huge chance. And as I said earlier, that I felt in that moment when, when we hit the bar, I thought, oh, that's that chance just slipping away from us. That's going to do us in. Like, that's the chance that you that you want to put away. Um, but yeah, we, we made it happen. And I'm as I said earlier, I'm so glad that Hoiberg got justice and actually scored an absolute screamer because he really deserved that. Even though I don't think Hoiberg had an amazing game today, but... Getting that goal, getting that huge goal to win us the group has has kind of usurped everything. Because I don't think he really, I honestly don't think he had a huge impact today compared to someone like Benton Kerr and Perisic today, who really put put in a good performance. Um, well, I don't know what the kind of what everyone was thinking in the stadium. What was the what was the opinions in the stadium on on Hoiberg? Well, can I just say, Josh, that um. Hoybier and Benton Kerr, as I said earlier, they've really upped their game, you know, mm. certainly the last month or so. What do you put that down to? It's probably, but you know what I'd say? My instinct. And, my and instinct. of course, they're chipping in with the goals as well. Oh, yeah, that's that's a major one. Because I remember Moussa Dembele got so much stick from, from the pundits for not scoring any goals. He was such a fantastic player, but just because he didn't score any goals, he'd get all this stick from people like Graham Souness saying that he's not a good player because he's not actually getting on the score sheet. Well, these players are doing that. Hoiberg and Menzika are getting on the score sheet. But do you know what my answer to your question is? It's the fact that they're actually playing pretty much every single game together. They're getting used to playing together. They're getting used to this system uh, together. And, that, and they definitely bring something that when we don't play without them, we look empty in midfield. We look totally empty in midfield. Um, I can't remember. It's been, it's been so many games, my, my brain's gone. But there was a, there was a match where... We didn't have Benton Kerr and Hoiberg starting. Skip played, and I think it was Newcastle at home. Um, yeah, it was Newcastle at home. We actually lost that one. And we just looked empty without them two starting. And I think they are so important to this team now, just as Kulusevski is so important as well. When he's back, they're, like someone mentioned earlier, they are Conte players. People like Benton Kerr, Kulusevski, uh, Perisic. These players are who we need in the starting 11 for starting... Uh, for Conte to actually be successful. It's a, it's quite difficult to assess Conte when half the team is kind of the leftovers from previous managers. I think it's you need to, when to assess a manager, you need to have their starting eleven. Give them as many transfer windows as they need to be successful. Conte may need another two more to completely revamp the squad. And although we've made quite a few changes, the, the team is like completely different now. I would argue that give him a couple more transfer windows and we'll bring in more, even more players that are just going to transform the look of this team. And that is when we'll see the movement forward. I think our our step forward is going to come when we replace people like Dyer and we bring in another Romero-like centre-back and we bring in a top-quality right-back. Like we need, a, we need someone on the level of Hakimi. Like, you've got to remember that Conte was working with probably the best right-back in the world at Inter Milan in, in Hakimi. And now he's working with Emerson. And I mean, we say, look, he had a fantastic game just because he like didn't do some stupid mistake. Or <laughs> you, say, no, like, no, honestly, no, you said that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's the levels to the game. And for Conte to be successful, like he was in Italy, and he obviously won the league with Inter Milan, um, 
But he's got to have his players. He's got to. And hopefully in the January transfer window, he can get a couple more in. And I was reading that Tottenham are prepared to to back him with whatever he wants. That's what I saw today, which is a which is a really big bonus. Uh, probably Oli knows more than me as uh, being as a journalist. And there's obviously a lot of rumours around the club at the moment with potential uh, sponsors and changing shirt sponsorship deals. There was a big paper in uh, a big uh, article in the Times newspaper about AIA being replaced. Don't know how uh, uh, kind of reliable that is, but this is going to bring more money into the club, uh, extra money for getting in the Champions League, and we'll be able to sign these players. And Conte, I think, will be successful. We'll talk about Conte uh, shortly. Um, Ollie, let's come to you. Chris writes here: Spurs' tactics is to run at the opposition out of steam in the first half, then kill them in the second half on stamina. Scary, but it works better if we don't concede in the first half. Now, when uh, fans like me say, you know, when Tottenham get out of first gear, it's going to be exciting. Do you think that we're ever going to get out of first gear or is this the way that we play now? I, 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 don't, I don't know if it is the way we play. If it is, that's that's a risky game to play, isn't it? To be banking on 45 minutes to get your to get your, your wins and your results. I don't know. Do, do we just take 40? I mean, it's not even 45 minutes. It's 15 minutes. Like, if you take the Marseille game at home, we, we started trying at 72 minutes. So, I don't know. It, it doesn't look like the second half starts and then we go, boom, and we start playing. It just looks like we're, we're just sitting back for, for most of the game and then we suddenly click into gear when we have to. As you say, tonight we're losing and we have to, we have to go for it and then, we, and then we go for it. But, yeah, as, as you say, when Kinesinski comes back, it's going to be really exciting. When Richarlison's back, we're going to start putting the fear into teams as we should do. I don't know. It does kind of seem like Conte's gearing us up for the second half of the season. So when we get everyone back from the World Cup, suddenly we go again. And I think there was a, there was something that somebody was saying that Conte's teams like are kind of engineered towards the second half of the season, like you know March onwards. Um, and as you saw in May, we were just hammering like we hammered Norwich on the last day. We smashed. Yeah. Up. Um, so is, is it that we're just sort of like? You know, he's just ticking us along and getting us the results. And then in January, because Jan- January onwards, that's when it really matters. That's when teams fall away. And Arsenal fell away in our season. We, we, we strode through. Um, so I don't know. But there is a lot of optimism, as you say, with the with the January transfer window. If we can get the names in that we want to get, if we can get the... I can't see us playing over the right back. I mean, that would just be ludicrous, wouldn't it? Unless, unless one of them goes out the door. Um, but if we can get someone I... Uh, Josh, you were talking about Hakimi. When you were talking about, just before you mentioned Hakimi, I was thinking, who's the best right back in the um, So maybe that's a little bit ambitious, but someone on his on his level would be great. Um, someone like Milinkovic Savic would be good. Um, obviously, that's probably a bit ambitious as well, but just a creative player who can bomb forward um, would be good. But yeah, I, th- I think there there is a lot. There is a lot to look forward to. And if, if, we, can click, if we can click it in here, then, then that would be great. But like, right now, it doesn't look like it's happening. I hope that in general it will happen. Is this me? Is this speaking? <laughs> Who is it? Um, yeah. <laughs> Rick, Rick, let's come to you. Let's go back to the game. Um, in the 82nd minute, um, Tottenham had a great chance through Harry Kane, um, but a great tackle uh, came in. Just a minute later, Marseille had a, a great chance and a superb, block by Ben Davis. I tell you what, Ben Davis, I think, gets a lot of stick from a lot of Tottenham fans. I think he is like a unsung hero because the amount of times that Ben Davis seems to 
um, have these moments. Salah last season against Liverpool, same thing. Um, what do you make? What have you made of Ben Davis's career at Spurs? Mr. Reliable, really. You know, like you always know what you're going to get with Ben Davis. I, I, I think there was a definite improvement in him and his level under Conte. You know, as soon as Conte came in, I think him as a left centre-back instead of a left-back, as most of his career has been, I, I think it's totally changed ch changed him as a player and, as a, a, and, and his outlook in the game going forward. I, I think it transformed him. I, um, I, I remember when Conte came in and and he was going to play Davies at, at left centre-back. Even though I knew that he could play that position, I was still a bit apprehensive, you know. And to see him go from strength to strength has been fantastic, you know. He is Mr. Reliable. And he, even on a bad day, he's still Mr. Reliable. Um, but you know what? I don't know. I don't know, Chris. Maybe this is the same incident that you're talking about. But... On the on the replay, it was Perisic that blocked it. If this is the same one that you're speaking about, but um, okay. it, so it it looked like Davies, and I thought it was Davies as well. But on the slow mo, it it, it showed Perisic blocking the the ball. But that still doesn't. I mean, I still don't take no credit away from Davies for always putting his body on the line and always being a man, especially in a big occasion. That, that will get up for us, you know, who, who does have a bit of passion, does have a bit of pride about himself and, and, and he does play for the shirt and he, you know, and, um, you know, he does get a lot of stick, but he, he is Mr. Reliable and I think he loves Tottenham and I think he wants to do the best that he can do for Tottenham and I think he wants to see Tottenham successful. George, let's come to you. It was a frantic last few minutes of that game because it's fair to say Marseille had some glorious chances in the 87th minute. How on earth uh, their player missed that chance, I will never, ever know. Uh, in the 90th minute, they shot over the bar. And of course, we all knew at that point, if Marseille won, we would be playing Europa League football. Um, a bit lucky? Mm, I don't know. I think I think we pulled through in that second half. I, I don't know if I call it lucky. I think... If the game was 45 minutes long and we'd scrape through on that performance, that would have been a shocking, lucky win or, or a draw or whatever. But again, that last-minute goal, hitting the crossbar. There was, like, Kane scored that offside goal. Um, there, were, there were numerous chances. Like, it was a, like you said, there was a ball where Kane couldn't get it and I think it was Emerson who put the ball across. Um there were, there were quite a few chances we could have we could have put more away, so I wouldn't describe it as a as a lucky win, but it was it was a bit of a a naughty win. I wouldn't say it's lucky. It was a bit it was a bit of a cheeky win. It was a cheeky win, um, especially winning in the last second, which is or after extra time, wasn't it? It was like 40, uh, 45th second of the fourth minute or something. It was around that time. It was it was past the fourth minute of added time. Um, but yeah, I was, I was I was so happy. I didn't even care at that point. I just I was screaming up and down with my dad, just jumping up and down. Yeah, I was okay, crazy. Um, and that's all that mattered, honestly. I, I think I think like I said before, I don't really care how we win as long as we win. I think going through all of that time where we played so such good football, such attractive football, as as expression says, uh, champagne football, um, yeah. and we'd always get done. 
And I never understood it for so many years. Like, I just never understand how we could play such good football and we'd be just like mugged off, basically, just beaten by these other sides who didn't play as well as us. And I, I'd always felt hard done by as a Tottenham fan. But now it feels like the ties have changed. Like, every single time we're going, I'm, well, I'm going to a game or we're going to a game, um, it feels like we're, we are kind of second best, but we keep getting the results, which is a really strange feeling. It seems like even when we play at home sometimes, like we, we seem like we're the away team playing at home, which is really odd. And that and the and the away team will be like dominating dominating the ball, but then we'll get we'll nick a result. And I think all that matters is nicking that result. And as long as we keep doing that, like you said, we're gonna kick into gear in the second half of the season. We're gonna start playing properly with all the players back with Charleston, Pulusevsky, uh, etc. And we'll be a firing on all cylinders. And at the end of the, at the end of the day, as long as we're hovering, as long as we kind of get these results in the bag, we win these games. We're 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 at the top of the Premier League. We can easily achieve uh, top four, and we can go for the for these big trophies. Honestly, because Conte is the man, and he's the manager. And honestly, seeing that today, getting that result with that shocking performance in the first half, I think our mentality has actually changed. Honestly, because I haven't seen us win these many games in the last second. It's it's crazy. I don't know what's going on. Like, it does feel like there's been a bit of a mentality shift and there's, there's clear evidence to suggest that. Ollie, do you agree with that mentality shift? Because these last-minute goals seem to be a regular thing for Tottenham right now. I think there's been a mentality shift ever since Conte came to the club. I think under Mourinho, we were kind of laboured to these one-all one draws against Brighton and things like that. Yeah. But with, with Conte, we, I think he's just driven in this never-say-die attitude. And I think all you needed to see to know that is the pre-season when these players were just doing these ridiculous sprints in this... You were there, Chris, in uh, South Korea. How hot was it? Extremely hot. It was Extremely like... hot. And, and I, I was with my friend Jason and uh, we just expected um, just a regular training session uh, like they normally do on these tours. We did not expect 42 lengths of the pitch and the players dropping down. They were, they were literally dead. And that's why we're a little bit we're a little bit surprised why are they not fitter. But I, I think it's it's more than fitness; it's determination. It's it's going the extra mile. And I remember yeah. there was a story. Giorgio Bellini was like, I think this was at Juventus, and he said, "Coach, I can't do it. I've I've pulled my hamstring. I've I've got a, I've got a problem. I can't I can't train today." And Conte just goes, "Bib, here's your bib. Like on, on you go." And I think that's that's what he's joined into these players. Like, even if you are dead, even if you're on the floor and you can't go on, you go on. You find a way. Like, even if you're even if you're dead, you carry on. So I think that's what we have now. Um, we don't give up. So it, it, you, you can slightly. I mean, Spurs have been absolutely terrorised this season in the media. I should know because I see all the stories every day. Um, but what you can't you can't um, criticise is the character because we find a way. Um, even even if the football's not pretty, the the desire is pretty, and the the mentality is definitely looking good. So that's what we can take away. Ricky, of course, in the ninety fifth minute, Pierre Mihoyvier with that wonderful finish gave Tottenham the two one win. Talk us through that goal because it was a wonderful assist as well, wasn't it? It was a beautiful assist. But you 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 know what? I think around eighty eight minutes, I think it was. I had a look at the the, the clock at the time. You know, there, there was uh, Harry Kane. He he was almost walking around the pitch, or he was really lightly jogging. <clears throat> he wasn't bursting anymore, and he wasn't really running onto goal. 
he he was kind of half jogging and there was a point on the right hand side where I think it was Foyberg again who done the overlap again on the right hand side and he tried to get it through to him and then it was supposed to be like a almost like a one two and Harry Kane wasn't there because he wasn't sprinting and I was just like oh come on boys let's 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 keep pushing do you know what I mean I I don't want them to get the last minute goal you know like I don't want because they need it they want it they. That that crowd, that energy, that what what type of upside down game it was, you know, I, I just did not want them to get that last minute goal. And so when it got to the 95th minute and like Harry's got it and he's jogging and he's holding it and the space just opens up and who else but like oh my god, Mr. Hoiberg boy, he he is I you know he I think he's been phenomenal this season. I think he's assists, his goals, but not only that, his determination, his mentality. Again, I've said it on here before, but I, I don't know if you, any of you guys, even if you got to see the clip that was on Spurs play when he's chatting with Hugo Lloris and Smithy, and they speak about mentality and he speaks about suffering and, and success. You know, suffering is this much and success is this much. And it only lasts for a short amount of time before suffering starts again. And I just think he's just a well-rounded guy, you know what I mean? He's gone through a lot in his life. He's done that Football Focus uh, interview the other day where he spoke about his dad uh, being ill while he was in Germany and, and passing away and, and Bayern Munich, how, how they kind of, you know, helped him. And, you know, for a player, such a young player to go through all the things that he's gone through and to get to Spurs. And you've got to remember, when he got to Spurs, there was a big, massive hole in, in, in our midfield. He, he was the guy that done everything. He covered everybody. The right back, the left back. He was everywhere. We ran him into the ground. And he, he has been, yes, he's had a few dips, but that's that's kind of, you know, like, expectable after how, how much we've, we've asked him to do. So for him to be the one that was still running, still sprinting forward, and, and to get on the end of that beautiful weighted uh, Harry Kane pass and run into goal... I, do you know what? I thought he was just going to shoot and, you know, it, it, it could have gone over, it could have hit the post again, you know, the keeper could have saved it. it, it didn't matter. I just wanted him to shoot. But the way he shot that ball, the way he struck it, and the way he hit the post and went in, it was, it, it was, a, it was a beautiful, phenomenal, powerful shot, man. It was a gorgeous goal. And straight away that whistle was blown, and then everybody's like in, uh, you know, is in jubilation and just bloody well going mental on the pitch. I was going mental at home. I was hoping that there was no VAR checks or anything like that because I was just, I knew there wouldn't be, but I just didn't need it. I just didn't need it in my life. And uh, for him to seal the deal like that, you know what I mean? I was just like, well done, Hoiberg. You deserve that, bro. And, you know, them boys deserved it. They, they, they must have been told in the dressing room, like, come on, you worked so hard to get here. What are you going to do? You're going to just throw it away in the second half. Like, turn up, man. Show us what you're about. Show us your personality. Show, show us your cojones. Show us how much you want this. And, and the boys went out and they tried their very best to make it happen. And they done it. Not only did they equalise, but we got that winner. And we sit top of the group. And we're through come January. So, like, happy, happy days. Do you know what I mean? Happy days. And, and another kind of performance that they can build on. And I say performance, and I know it's a dodgy one, but, like, Bournemouth, like we were talking there, both of the boys were talking there about mentality. It, that was a lot. To come back from 2-0 down, not only 2-0 down, but after the last two performances, Newcastle and Man United, 
Where Man United <laughs> was, it, that, that was the worst game that I've seen us play this, this year against Man United. We didn't even yeah. turn up. There was no point in, in, even us getting us off the coach. But after those two, to kind of go against uh, Bournemouth and go 2-0 down, instead of dropping your head, instead of feeling sorry for yourself, for them to, you know, slap themselves, have enough, get up for it and go, do you know what? We're not having this no more. And fight back, not only to 2-2, but to win the game 3-2. And then to get to this pit here and go to a tough away ground with a tough away crowd and, and go 1-0 down and be, be going into the Europa League to be like, nah, we're not doing this. We're gonna we're gonna show we're gonna show you what we're about and then go out there and make it happen. And Mr. Hoiberg seals the deal. I mean, bloody hell, come on, Spurs. Never change. Never change. I mean, <laughs> Lee, Lee McQueen talks about the crazy train a lot. And I thought we was off of it this season, but clearly not. Clearly not. The crazy train is still rolling forward, full steam ahead, man. Bloody hell. Yeah, they certainly put us through it every time. Um, Josh, do you think that Pierre Hoybier is a, a future Spurs captain? Mm. Um, obviously, Larice is the captain at the moment. Um, and I think when he leaves, I think that will be passed on to Harry Kane, personally. Uh, that's just the kind of natural order of things that I, I would assume. Um, but I think he's got the character. I think he's got the right determination. I think he's a good leader. And when we talk about leaders on the pitch, I think Hoiberg is the epitome of that. I think he, as, we, as everyone calls him, he's like a Viking on the pitch, isn't he? He's got that kind of brutal uh, side to him. He puts his, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He puts 100% uh, in for the team. Uh, and that, they are the kind of characteristics that you want to see in a leader, in, in a captain. Um, I think he's probably quite well, well respected as a player. I think I, I didn't actually, I haven't actually had time because I've been at university. I haven't just I haven't had time to watch the football focus thing about his father and his past experience, but that's obviously shaped him as a person, and um, I'll be I really would like to watch that feel a bit behind, but um, yeah I think he's a he's a fantastic player he's a fantastic bloke and uh, just a little aside I was I was on the tube actually with my dad and and someone else and um, we were coming back from the Newcastle game and there were two Danish uh, uh, people uh, a dad and his son. And they and they had Tottenham shirts on, and they said to one of one of us, "We've come all the way from Denmark just to watch Hoiberg." So he's yeah. obviously got a bit of a, a bit of a cult following, a bit like Sonny's got his, his fans. There's obviously the, there's a lot of fans for Hoiberg as well, which is which is good to see, and it would be nice to see him a captain because I think he's he's a brilliant player, and I do I do really like him. I, I do like Hoiberg. He's he's a he's a he's a proper Lily White football player. Now, I just want to come on to talk about Antonio Conte. Oli, let's start with you on this. Um, now, today marks the one-year anniversary since Antonio Conte took over at Spurs. Um, under Conte, um, 55 competitive matches, 32 wins, 9 draws, 14 defeats. Uh, we've scored 100 goals in the 55 games and conceded 50 goals. Oli, how have you described Antonio Conte's first year at the club? It's like half and half, isn't it? It's like we win or we we win or we lose. Um, I think it's, it's been there's been ups and downs, um, but mostly highs. I think when I look back at the at the first year, I remember the first half being like what this season has been, which is a lot of kind of like painful defeats, um, nearly moments. I remember that Burnley was it Burnley away when we lost one 0 and he threatened to walk away. 
and there was a kind of feeling that he's too good for us and we're lucky to have him and if we don't please him he's going to walk away um and even now i think his con his contract is up in the summer and there's that, that feeling isn't there now it feels like he's kind of bought into the club and i think the memories that we created with him last season um qualifying for the champions league i think he kind of he kind of bought into the way, the way things we do and the, the way the, the, the club runs and the fans and everything like that. So I think that the, the feeling of entitlement from Conte's side of things is gone. We don't feel like we're too that he's too good for us now. I think he's we, we can see he's building something special. I think everyone can see that he's building something special. It just takes time and for him to have the personnel that he needs and, and then we'll get there. But I think overall the year has been you have to say mostly good. We got the top four, which we never thought we would. Um, all we're missing now is a trophy. Um, and I think I think we will get the trophy eventually. Because if we get results like we have before, that's how you win cups. Oli, in the last couple of days, the Athletic reported that Antonio Conte is unlikely to sign a new contract at Tottenham until next summer. Um, do you have any update on that? Or um, are you a little bit worried that Conte hasn't committed to the club? Because I know there's that option of extending for another year, but surely that is going to be Conte's decision. Um, yeah, it will be Conte's decision. Um, I haven't heard that he's not that he's not signing a new contract. As far as I'm concerned, he's he's happy and he's going to just sort of wait and see. Um, we, every every day we hear rumours that he's going to go back to Juventus. But I don't know why he'd want to go back to that, that madhouse. I think Juventus yeah. um, is not quite the club it used to be. Um, I don't really think he's got the same allure. Um, and I think Conte, he likes the challenge and Tottenham is definitely a challenge and he's definitely, he's also a completionist. I don't think he likes to leave until he's won something. Um, I think we, we all thought that Mourinho was going to win something and had we not fired him, well, he might have done. Um, but I think Conte, he, he realises he's got, I think he's invested and I think he's going to stick it out. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's difficult to say really. But I haven't heard that he He's not going to sign a contract. He's not thinking about it because when you see Conte, you can see that he's that he really is, you know, loving life at the club. And I think we all saw that when his um, when when his fitness coach died um, the other day. I think that was a kind of that kind of brought everyone together. And I think you can see how much the club means to everybody and the kind of impact that all the staff have had on the players and stuff. So I'm optimistic. Ricky, um, how would you describe Conte's first year at the club? Wow. Uh, yeah, wow, really. Um, you know, w when he came into the club, the club was at such a low um, that just him turning up there was something that could, we, that, that united us, that we could get behind. And little by little bit, he's, he's implemented his ways and um, his philosophy onto the team and onto us. Onto, onto easy, that's the water bottle. Uh, uh, and onto all, all of our, uh, us as fans, you know. And, and that's why we expect so much right now. Because he's done so well and because of the reputation that he brings and the CV that he brings and, and you know, and the stature that he brings. It's risen the bar for all of the Tottenham fans. <clears throat> I'm sure that all of us were thinking that with a pre-season that we're going to go into this season flying. You know, I, I know I did. I, I, I couldn't wait for the Chelsea game. And I don't know whether you heard that, so I'll repeat it. I couldn't wait for the Chelsea game because 
<laughs> I was like, Conte's out for revenge. We're going to go full throttle and we're going to... But it didn't end up being that way, all right? So there's still a lot of work to do with Tottenham. You can't do it overnight. He's he's done, you know, him and Paratici working together um, and, and knowing what is needed for this team. You can see in last January transfer window where even though we only brought in two, and a lot of people, pundits and, you know, writers and stuff like that were saying that, oh, I don't know, is this just an easy kind of transfer as in going back to your old club, raiding them? But you know what they've done is they, they brought in two players that they knew the quality of and they knew the quality not only in their football and in their technique, but them as a man and as a stature and what they stand for and, and what they can bring to the game because of how much they love it, but how serious they are about it, and how they will, they they will kind of lead the. Oh my god! All, I switched up. Oh, easy, e- easy, easy, Chris. You've gone sideways, bro. <laughs> you look good though. It's a it's a good profile shot, but um, yeah, he's brought all of that in, and um, you know, Kulusevski. You can see that in Benzema and Kulusevski, that those are two players that were known, and like I say about their character that they bring and. You can see what a different side we was from January going forward, you know. So with the with, with the six signings that we brought in, seven signings with Udoji going back over, it, that was just to improve the squad, to up the level of the squad. You know, we've taken out Lacelso, we've taken out Indombele, with uh, Winksy, uh, Regulon, Regulon who hasn't got a game yet at Atletico. You know, I don't know whether he played tonight though. Because uh, I saw him on the bench, but we, we we've had a big exchange. Always oh, gone. Oh, we've man. had a big we've <laughs> had a big turnover of um of, of players, and little bit by little bit we're getting there. So like the boys were saying there, with more transfer windows, and going into this one with the guarantee of Champions League football, if we can get those little gems that we need to push the first team forward, because we still need them. We ain't finished. We ain't finished building. Yeah, it's, we've only just begun. And then going into the summer, because Conte, I think what Oli was saying there about the contract and, and, and about him signing, I, I think he holds his cards close to his chest. I think he holds the, the, the club accountable to the promises that they make. We've heard many a time that other, other managers have been promised this, that, any other, and it hasn't happened. So I think Conte, being the guy that he is, he holds them to account. So, you know, I, th- I think they'll probably speak about um, a contract you know, they'll start to speak about it over Christmas in that Christmas break, but I think a lot will be down to who they can sign and how much they can invest in January, and then how much is guaranteed to be invested in the summer to to push this 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 Tottenham side forward. You know, I'm going to come to you now, Josh. <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> I just like fed us all together. Yeah, <laughs> is, it, is he coming back? I don't know. Is he I'm coming sorry, back? He'll be back. He's got a chuck in a charger. That's what he's got there. I yeah. thought I could waffle on in long enough for him to get back in. But yeah. And, and, yeah. and let me come to you, Josh. What, what do you think about Conte's future? You're excited. What's happening? Well, uh, Ollie, Chris is standing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Conte, look, he's a, he's a brilliant manager. He's transformed our team. Um, we all know what happened under Nuno and, and the woes that happened there. And honestly, my... My feelings for Tottenham were at an all-time low there, to be honest. It was so shocking. Some of those results that we were getting like bashed up by Crystal Palace away and it was it was embarrassing. There was, there was just nothing. There was nothing there. And Conte's re-established the connection with the fans. 
He's he, he's brought ambition to the club. It's not just meteor mediocrity. Um, I think I think there is a true possibility of actually winning trophies under under him because he's just that he's got that quality and he's just such a great manager. And I think it is really imperative that we keep him as a manager and we get him to sign this new contract. And I'm sure he will. Honestly, I, I can't see him not signing a new contract. I mean, maybe there's an if there was an absolute disaster and we didn't get Champions League and we had a bit of a bit of a mess up at the end of next season. Say, if, uh, at, at the end of this season, sorry, say if Harry Kane got uh, a nasty injury and we struggled for goals or something, um, I could probably see him leaving if we don't get Champions League. I think there'll be that conversation if we're struggling at the end of this season, which I don't see. I don't see that happening. I think then his future would be in doubt. However, if we continue on the path, on the path that we are and we keep getting decent results and we we get through a little a little bit more in the Champions League, I think his future is secure at Tottenham, and I think he'll be here for quite a few more years. But what do you think, Ollie? Well, yeah, I'm going to come to me now. What <laughs> 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 um, what do I think? Um, well, I just said, I just said what I think. You know, I, I think Conte. People were saying that he was like a Mourinho, and I've seen a lot of negative tweets saying, you know, this is reminding me a lot. Oh, he's back. He's oh, back. Hey, oh, hey. Hey. <laughs> the, the dodgy French Wi-Fi, I think it is. Um, That's Emerson's fault. Yeah. <laughs> now, last question for you. Of course, uh, we're back in Premier League action on on Sunday against Liverpool, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, four thirty p.m. kickoff, third v ninth. Now, Liverpool uh, have played 12. They've won four. They've drawn four. They've lost four. Um, you don't know what Liverpool is going to turn up on Sunday. They've got a goal difference of plus eight. They've got 16 points. Now, Spurs have got 10 points um, well, they're 10, 10 points better off than Liverpool, uh, having played a game more. Their last six games, they've won two. They've drawn one. They've lost three. Ollie, how do you see this game going? Um, yeah, I think it's the perfect time to play Liverpool. I was talking to my colleague who's a Liverpool fan today, and I said, I think, I think we got you. Um, I, th- I think Liverpool are kind of like us this season in the sense that they are a very talented team who's had the, a lot of ups and downs. They've had a lot more downs than us. I think they look vulnerable. I think um, I think they, I think we can get at them. I think I think yeah. I think I think it'll be. I think I, I'm actually confident for once. I'm positive that we're going to get a win. Um, believe it or not. Um, but no, I, th- I think they are a wounded animal as well. So we have to be wary of that. You know, Salah has been kind of poor this season and kind of quiet, but you just know that he's going to switch on against us, always seems to score against Spurs. Um, but no, I think I, I remember in the day, remember in the Pochettino days, Liverpool were kind of like our rivals because we were like top four rivals and sort of going for the title as well. And, and, and I miss those days. And now it's that that's kind of coming back again now that Conte is back because obviously Conte and Klopp are a bit too fiery heads. So that would be good to see. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. I was there last season when we drew two two and we battered them, and we and we probably should have won that game. Deli, I remember Deli Ali missing a sitter. That was the beginning of the end, wasn't it? Um, but I think I think Conte kind of has Klopp's number, and then in the reverse game, we we were all over them again, and probably should have won that as well. So I'm confident, but that means we're going to lose now. So. <laughs> so- so, so you're going for a, a win in Ollie, yeah? 2-1, did you say? I'm going to go, um, yeah, 2-1, 2-1. Ricky, how are you feeling? 
Liverpool, man. Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. Even <laughs> though, even though they are playing some poor football, even though Salah is off his game, there's just something about Liverpool, man. I, like Oli was saying there, even the games that we should have, could have, would have won against anybody else, just Liverpool, man. It's just a different bloody world game. And, and and fingers crossed Sonny's back as well for this game, but we don't know what's happening there as well. I think it's going to be a tough one. I think it's going to be a tough one. I think they're going to be up for it. But I do think that this is one of those statement games. I mean, it does all depend on how they, the boys recover after tonight, whether they can fly back today, get a good sleep in, and kind of like, you know, like rest up and, and be ready for, for, for the game against Liverpool. But... These these are the tests that that kind of show you what your team's about. Now we've been up against some big teams before. We've drawn a couple. We've lost a couple. This, even though that they are a wounded animal and they will be coming for us, um, they, they, this is one of those games that, that that could be a statement, you know, and that we could go out there and kind of. Show them what we're about. Show the grit that we've got. Show this mentality that we've got. Show, show, show that we do have, uh, you know, cojones and, and that we do have the personality and the character to, to not only beat them, but beat them well and, and get those three points. But it's always a tough, tough game, mm. man. It's just like, so it, if we're going to win, and I always back us, you know me, even, even the, in the most unlikely scenario, I will always back us to win. But if we're going to win, I see us winning 1-0. OK. Josh, how are you feeling? Because Liverpool have been so inconsistent, you know, particularly in their last six uh, games. Um, drawing against Brighton, losing against Arsenal, then beating the champions, Manchester City, uh, beating West Ham, then losing to Nottingham Forest and losing to Leeds recently. Yeah, they are ridiculously uh, inconsistent. Um, oof, it's a tough one. I... I... I've got a bad feeling. I'm not going to lie. I think it's a bit of a Doctor Tottenham game, and I hate to be. I hate to be the bringer of bad omens. No, Josh. I hate it. I hate Don't it. Don't do but it. You just, Josh. you just know. You just know Roberto Firmino is going to turn up. The amount oh. of times it's happened, I I can't bear it. Um, He's done a Costa. He's done I know. a Costa. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got. I, honestly, honestly, I think we're going to lose one 0 I think it's a game too far, and I hate saying it. I've just got this bad feeling about it. Yeah, I don't time. know why. I don't know why. I know we're at home. I think I think we're obviously going to be in good spirits after that win um, today. But I think, like you said, Chris, you're shattered, mate. And you've been going everywhere. And I think this lot are going to be shattered. And I've just got a, a lingering feeling. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll do a reverse Ollie. And I'll be, what? I'll be, I might be like jinxing it a bit. Well, but... I was going to say, Ricky, what on earth have we done? We've turned Ollie saying, you know, he's, he's turned into saying we're losing to winning. And uh, Josh is like, we're, we're winning to lose it. What's it's happening? A double jinx. It's a double jinx. I think just it's Tottenham. It's the Tottenham effect. Yeah. To be fair, they won tonight. They won tonight. Napoli are a quality side. So, yeah. difficult to say. What do you think, well, Chris? I'm with Ricky on this one. I think we're going to win 1 0. Um, I think that the last couple of games, our character um, to come back uh, from losing in. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right, come back. 
Your character. That was the last line. You show character like space. I, I, I think we're going to show character again and get the three points at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, and it'd be nice to see Antonio Conte back again. And I'll tell you what, it was really nice at the end of the game. The Spurs fans were singing Antonio, uh, which which I thought was a really, really lovely touch. Um, now, Josh, thanks so much for joining me this evening. It's been a pleasure having you back. Tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to. Yeah, you can probably find me somewhere on Twitter. And, yeah, I'm usually on here every couple of weeks and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I'm just at university studying. Just finished my exam today. So I've, I've had a bit of a busy day. It was exam in the morning, football in the night, big W. Great, great podcast, great stream. And it was lovely to have a, have a chat with you, lads. Thank you very much for having me on. Well, thank you for coming back. And uh, Ricky, thanks so much indeed. Uh, lovely to have you on here as always. And uh, what are you up to at the moment? Can you tell us any news on, on any acting projects? Well, I will be in Panto. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, yes, I will be. Yes. Um, I'm going to be in Torquay at the Princess Theatre. So uh, it's, it's Aladdin and I'm playing the genie of the ring. Oh, wow. So uh, it should be a lot of fun. So if you're down there, and you're fed up with the World Cup and you want some Christmas cheer, come down, man. It's a beautiful place and it's a beautiful town. And it, it, I've, just, I've just read the script and it's funny. So um, I'm looking forward to jumping into rehearsals with, with that. Um, but otherwise, you'll be able to find me on here with, the, uh, with Chris um, and chatting Tottenham at some point. And uh, on Twitter at Ricky J Norwood. And also, do you know what? Let me just send a big shout out to all of the fans, including Chris, that done this away trip. Mm. You know, at this time of year, you know what I mean? Well, with the bills going crazy, with the yeah. way that the world is right now, and Marseille being a bit, you know, uh, aggressive or, or intimidating, <laughs> shall we say. You know, you know, well done to all of you for going out there and, and kind of representing each one of us that can't be there. And, and the way that you, you guys sang up in the second half was phenomenal. I heard you from home. So keep it going, all of you guys, and make sure you guys get home safe. So send you loads of love, man. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, it's been a great night. And uh, Ollie, thanks so much for coming back. It's been a pleasure having you back, uh, especially as Tottenham won after your, seeing your tweet uh, saying that you thought Tottenham were going to lose. But tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what you're up to at the moment. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Ollie Gam. I'm always keen to connect with more Spurs fans. Give, if you're watching this, give us a follow. I always follow back as well. Um, and you can find me on the pages of Mail Online Sport, often writing about Spurs. I interview a lot of Spurs, former Spurs players. I spoke to Woodgate the other day, I spoke to Jamie O'Hara. And so I do the odd Spurs interview and a few Spurs features whenever there's a Spurs feature. I'm, not, I'm normally the one writing it. And I'm usually tweeting about it as well. So, yeah, catch me on Twitter and sometimes on here and sometimes on the on Man Online Sport. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, um, Ollie, Josh and Ricky. And thanks so much for watching everybody and listening. Um, it's been another very special show. It's been a special night in France. And let's hope that Tottenham continue this winning streak at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium by beating Liverpool on Sunday. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, thanks for watching and thanks for listening. And I'll see you on the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Yeah.
Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code FOOTBALL and get your first deposit instantly matched up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com or download the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 